Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Real quick, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And don't forget, today's episode is presented to you by Superbook Sports Colorado. A ton of great content to get to you today. A lot of great headlines. I do want to recap my weekend. It was a great weekend. We went to the Renaissance Festival down in Larkspur, Colorado, and just tons of interesting people. I swear to God, I just saw somebody walk to my right. Sorry, side note, wasn't planning on doing this. Swear to fucking God, I saw somebody just walk to my right, and there's nobody in the house down here. That's fucking creepy. Ah, good times. That's fantastic. Anyway, is that how this is going to go? Jesus, I probably just, you know, am, you know, having a stroke. <laughs> no big deal. Something like that. A brain aneurysm. Shouldn't joke about that because that would suck. Oh, that freaked me out. Anyway, went to the Renaissance Festival. That was a lot of fun. And uh, tons of interesting characters. If you go down to the Renaissance Festival, if you can do it, you should dress up. It's 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 fun. And next time I go, like next year, I really need to plan ahead and I need to get a costume. But I don't want to dress like everybody else. I want to dress up as something completely different. It'd be funny. First thing that popped in my head just now, dress up as like a man goat. I think that would be hilarious. A man goat. Oh, my God. Oh, where's my my goat screaming? Where's my screaming goat? God damn it. Where's a screaming goat when you need one? (laughs) Right on cue. (laughs) So I could do that next year. Just walk around as a screaming goat. That'd be fantastic. And just anytime somebody's like, good morrow to you, sir, or good day, or whatever the hell they say, whatever nerd speak is for hello, then I would just, instead of saying something back like, hi, how are you? I could just go. (laughs) Oh, my God, that would be hilarious. I won't do that. Let's be honest. Let's just put that on the table. It's a great idea. Probably won't do it. Mainly because my wife would be embarrassed and my kids would be embarrassed. More than they already are of me. Okay? And so that's off the table. I I was thinking of, you know, you kind of go against what they are. It'd be funny if I, I had like a Darth Vader costume or or just a Jedi costume, something like that. That would be funny. Or even a Star Trek type of shirt. That would be great. And like I'm exploring this weird land type of thing. And I'm sure everybody would have fun with it. I, I just think that would be great. Now, what's interesting and what I wasn't expecting to see when I went out there is a man dressed up as a unicorn, right? So my son and I are walking around. I just got a beer in my hand because my buddy Shad was with us. And the first thing we did was like, we got to find the beer because <laughs> it's going to be a long day. We're, we have kids in tow and we're surrounded by a bunch of goofballs. So we get some beer, start hammering those. And I, by the way, if you go down there, you got a tip because they go, huzzah to the tip off. Whatever the hell that means. Don't know really, but thanks. <laughs> anyway, so... We're drinking, and all of a sudden, this guy walks by, happy as could be, dressed as a unicorn. And I'm like, this is fantastic. And I'm like, should I go interview him? 
And then my son's like, go, go interview him. He, that'd be hilarious. It's like, go run after him, tell him who I am. And I'm with mile high life. And I'd love to do like a quick little blurb with him. And I'm going to play you the, the audio. Cause he's the happiest motherfucker on the planet. At least when I was talking to him. So here you go. All right. I'm out here at the Renaissance festival. And who better to talk to than a human unicorn? How's it going? Awesome. How are you? Hello, hello, everybody. Why are you dressed as a unicorn? Because it's Saturday. <laughs> Isn't it? It oh. is, but what's yeah. your name? Uh, my name is Larky. And you're from? Larksbrashire. Oh! How convenient. That's, wait, huh? Yeah. Here, you were dancing around as we yeah. were walking. What was that about? Well, see, treacherous terrain. Oh, it's yeah. much safer to prance than to walk. All right, I love it. <laughs> you know what? I love the. You got a. He's got a little horn on the top. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Have an. He said awesome day, but I cut him off. I'm sorry, but anyway, hilarious dude. And I say hilarious, but he was just happy. I saw him like two hours later, and he had the same amount of energy. It was awesome. Good for him. Did not give a shit, but that's like the perfect environment to walk around with like a unicorn. Because guess what? I don't think anybody batted an eye other than me because I was like, oh, this would be funny. <laughs> let's, let's interview him. So I ended up posting a video with him and I, uh, and I mixed up a bunch of other stuff. There's always just interesting individuals. But we were out there, like I said earlier, with our buddy Shad and his wife, Rachel, and they had two kids in tow as well. And the, the little girl with them, uh, cutest thing ever, uh, with the exception of my daughter, anyway, she was like four, and she's like, at one point, like after two hours, she's like, what's your name? Because... <laughs> It, it's not their kid. They're, they're, they brought her along just so she could have some fun. And I was like, uh, Scott. And then she couldn't say Scott. And then we start joking around. Next thing I know, cause I, she called me taco. And then, then I said Chalupa. And then she started calling me Chupa. Then I'm like, then she's, then that was my name. Chupa. She started calling me Chupa. Then I'm like, I feel like that's a bad, bad thing in Spanish. So I look it up, and sure enough, it means to suck. So she just called me, hey, you suck. That's what I'm going to call you from now on is, you suck, is what she did. I got it. I got made fun of by a four-year-old. It hurt my feelings so bad. <laughs> it's, it's adorable. I don't care. So my, new, my nickname to her is Chupa. If any of you come up to me and call me Chupa, I'm going to punch you right in the dick. Okay, ladies, you too. <laughs> I'm kidding. I won't. Uh, also, I was part of a, a magic show for the very first time, and that was interesting. And I also added that to the video. If you go to either my Facebook page or my Instagram page, at uh, DeHuff Podcast, you'll see the video. And... and it, it was funny. It was cool. It was a great experience. It, but the problem is, is I figured out the joke. Between my daughter and I, we figured out the magic trick, excuse me, and, and it kind of ruins it. But that being said, it's still impressive. I'll never be able to do the trick myself. I just, I have an idea of how he did it. Now, that being said, I didn't confirm with the magician, 
I'm not going to go run back over there and be like, I just ran so far. I figured out your, your trick. You did this and this and this. Basically, he had an orange and my card was in the orange. And then, you know, simple, simple detective work. Because you know me. I'm like, I'm like that uh, mind freak or not mind freak. I'm like uh, <laughs> those whatever brilliant minds. I'm a brilliant mind. I can't. I see things and I just see it in numbers. And, uh, uh, you know, I just analyze everything. No. I figured it out very quickly as I was leaving. I was like, this is like an hour later. I'm like, oh, oh. Then I talked to my daughter about the other part of the trick because she was part of the the trick as well. And then, yeah, we figured it out. (laughs) Basically, I'm a magician now. Anyway, hi, I'm Scott the Great. I'm DeHuff the Magician. Boo, yeah. Ooh, just need some ahs. Look this way. Don't look this way. Look this way. Don't look that way. Boom, you're pregnant. Bam, you're welcome. <laughs> I love that trick. Oh, shit. Speaking of that, how's your mother? Oh, Connery, you were a magician? That's right. Bing, bang, boom, your mama's pregnant. <laughs> ah, all right. Anyway, are you my daddy? Anyway, <laughs> that got weird. It got weird. But you know it's not weird? Ah, it kind of is. Getting into those headlines. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. (laughs) Thomas D. Alessandro has a message for a group of men that broke into his house and made off with a hard drive of which he claims has a whole bunch of his family photos. Thomas offers the Chilean gang $100,000 for the safe return of his hard drive, no questions asked, and asked and promises to sign a legally binding contract ensuring that he will not press charges on the men. He also offered the thieves an extra $100,000 to any one of those four pussies, uh, that's a, an official quote, who was brave enough to fight him. <laughs> okay, Mark Zuckerberg, I'll fight anybody. I know jujitsu. Listen, it's interesting when when people start feeling their oats. Like, really, that's like what any one of us would do. And then who knows how tough these guys are. Do you want to get your ass kicked for $100,000 or to lose $100,000? Now, if I'm part of the Chilean gang, I'd be like, let's give him his fucking hard drive back and I'll fight him. I get my ass kicked. Guess what? We got $100,000 to buy crack (laughs) or whatever you do if you're in a gang. I don't know. Or buy some burgers. Hey, fries are on me, folks. All right. Listen, there's a lot to unpack in there. One, it's annoying when people just assume that they're going to be able to fight somebody and just kick the shit out of them. We all feel that way. We all do. We've talked about that before. We always have that fantasy of what happens if somebody breaks into your house right now. Well, I'm obviously, I'm going to throw this punch, this punch, kick them in the leg, break their leg, boom, boom, boom. You live in that fantasy world of watching like John Wick or any other movie out there 
uh, with people that fight in it. And you think that it's so easy, it's going to, I'll just be able to take them out. Well, no, there's a really good chance that they're stronger than you and they know how to fight better than you. Now, not to say that you don't know how to fight. You might be the exception to the rule. And that's fine. There's a lot of people out there that listen to this that you, you're great fighters. And that's great. Congratulations. But the majority of us, probably it's not going to go down like that. So I know this guy's talking tough and shit. But there's a good chance he gets his ass kicked and loses $100,000. But then also, what's funny about this is he's like, the who who is willing, basically, to give up? He, he's basically offering to give up $200,000 for this hard drive that he says has five years of photos with him and his children. Bullshit. Come on. I love my family. I do. Pictures are replaceable. It's one of those things where it's great and all, but it's not $200,000 worth. Come on. And getting your ass kicked? No. I'm saying I'm going out and assuming I have nothing to back this up for legal reasons, right? (laughs) I'm making this all up. Uh, The drive contains five years of photos with me and my children a.k.a. pictures of him and his mistress, a.k.a. pictures of him and his buddies dressed as He-Man playing Parcheesi, a.k.a. videos of him reenacting the best scenes from Dirty Dancing at Build-A-Bear. Oh, you know, the typical stuff. Come on, bullshit. It's just him and his family. Right, right. You're, You're hiding something in there. I don't know what it is, but it's not just you at a water park with your kids. Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm judging you and jumping to conclusions based on this, this, the evidence set forth. Okay. If you have a better idea of what's probably hidden on the hard drive, let me know. DeHuffUncensored at gmail.com or at DeHuff Podcast. You can also send me an email at it's uh, DeHuffPodcast at gmail.com. I just, I just, I have both of them and I have it filtered to the, to one address. So you can do that. I need to just start doing that just because I, oh, there's a lot of people that they forget how to spell uncensored <laughs> and they're like, I don't know how to spell it. Fuck. I know how to listen. Okay. Shit, man. Anyway. So let me know what you think's actually on the hard drive and be funny with it, please. Don't be like, he probably has some old family recipes on there. And listen, let's be honest, folks. It's hard to find a good tuna casserole these days. There's a lot of hogwash when it comes into ingredients. I'm not going to put in truffles. No, sir. I need to put out a recipe that grandma would be proud of. Fuck you. (laughs) So let me know. Speaking of food, prices of sriracha are still just going through the through the roof on the you know secondary market. You can't buy them at the store now because there's a, a shortage of the the chili peppers that they use. Well, you can find some brands that that sell sriracha like a, their version of it, and they're usually pretty good. 
we bought the Tabasco version of Sriracha. Really ex- ended up being like eight bucks for a somewhat small bottle. And it's fucking annoying. Well, it's because there's that chili pepper shortage and they're trying to replenish it. And w- really, to be honest, what they should do is just halt production and and just really stockpile everything. But anyway, so prices of Sriracha are as high as $70 on eBay. And if you go to Amazon, they're up to right around $124 a bottle. That's ridiculous. They've been dealing with this shortage for, what, three years now. And, and they're trying to fix it, but they're just... It, it it's the demand is so high. It, it's a big pain in the ass. This is what they said. It's the, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. The, the spokesman from the company for Sriracha, Hoi Fong. And I apologize. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Although some production did resume this past fall season, we continue to have a limited supply that contain, uh, that continues to affect our production at this time, we have no estimations of when supply will increase. I love hot sauce. I do. And when you find a good one like Sriracha from Hoi Fung, and I feel bad if I'm pronouncing that wrong, but it's the one with the rooster on it, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's so good, but I'm not spending that kind of money on it. I was mad that I spent eight bucks on a bottle that wasn't that large. So you, if you spend 70 some dollars, if not a hundred some dollars on a bottle of hot sauce, it better be mixed with Viagra. I got to be honest. Cause I don't understand why you would, why you would want that. That being said, I, that Sriracha is so freaking good. And, and I didn't, have it until like a few years ago and then sure enough they have the fucking shortage so it's harder to get now but putting it on like a breakfast burrito or a burger or anything like that oh it's heaven i love it i love a good hot sauce if there's a good hot sauce out there that you want me to try let me know i'm trying to remember you guys suggested El Valentina, I think is how, how it is. I, I haven't bought it for a while. It's not too expensive, which is what I love. And, and it has a good flavor. And they have two versions of it. One is basically a medium, and the other one is like a hot. And the hot isn't too bad. I Very good hot sauce. I love hot sauce. That's the thing. And what's cool is my entire family loves hot sauce. Now, that being said... I have the high, quote unquote higher tolerance of the hot sauce. I can handle a little bit of the the hotter flavors. Although if you go to my Facebook page, I refurbished the the time that Kip Wilson of Stoned Appetite and I did the hot ones challenge, and we don't look good. I'll tell you that much. But that's that shit's like way too hot. But there is no hot sauce that I've consumed that is worth that. There's not. So I don't know about you. Is there is there a hot sauce out there that you go, well, it's pretty damn good. Maybe not $100 worth, but maybe I get, you know, I'll, I'll spend 20 bucks on it for a small bottle. Let me know. DeHuffOnCensor.gmail.com or at DeHuffPodcast. It's going to take me forever to go DeHuffPodcast at gmail.com. 
anyway, we got more coming your way. But first, we're changing the game, so help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And right now, when you use the promo code MILEHIGH, you're going to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook is going to match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. So go ahead and download the Superbook Sports app. Enter that promo code Mile High, and you're going to get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Go ahead and visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. And remember, remember, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. This freaks me out. I'm, I'm not a huge roller coaster fan. Mainly because I get, I'm a pussy and I get sick really easy. I get, although I can do a roller coaster easier than I can do the spinny cup things. Those, the cut, anything that spins, I'm going to, I'm going to puke afterwards and maybe shit my pants. I don't know. It just depends on the day, but I can kind of handle roller coasters, but they also freak me out because of structure. And when you go to like a county fair or something, I don't know how any of you get on those things. Those things just seem like they're they're barely held together with like bubble gum and duct tape. Just not just not a smart idea, I guess. It doesn't seem like. Well, there's viral video going around of a roller coaster in at the Carowinds Amusement Park in North Carolina, and there's a giant, not just a big crack, a giant crack on a steel support pillar which separates and then snaps back into its its proper place every time there's any sort of movement on the track. It's fucking frightening. A spokesman for the park said, as part of our comprehensive safety protocols, all rides, including Fury 325, which is the, the track, undergo daily inspections to ensure their proper functioning and structural integrity fury 325 is billed as the tallest fastest longest roller coaster in north america its speed ranges 95 miles per hour and soars to a height of 325 feet that's a long way to fall to die (laughs) dude it is creepy I, I was trying to find a good video of it last night, but then I fell asleep. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Uh, it, it separates quite a bit. They shut the the, the ride down immediately. And, and I, I just imagine if, if that whole thing just snapped and, and then somebody dies. That That's horrifying. Here's what's crazy, too, is earlier this month, SeaWorld's electric eel coaster was shut down after a 20-year-old man suffered acute trauma injuries. They don't exactly tell you what exactly happened, but others complained about that ride, saying the straps were frayed and ripped and you're barely being held on. In fact, they said you weren't really being held on by the straps at all. You're barely being held on by something else that wasn't supposed to be doing it. When you have people running the rides that can't even buy cigarettes, that's part of the problem. Listen, and it's nothing against them. It, that's not a young 
person's job, as far as I'm concerned, as far as making sure it's it's in good condition. Because they got to report when things are frayed to the right people. And the right people have to be processing that information and go, that's a serious problem. We need to get it fixed. Shut down the ride. But the problem is, is you guys know this, with so many companies, they don't want to lose out on money, which is ridiculous because then you end up losing more money if somebody gets injured or killed. So it it freaks me out. So two good examples of uh, apparently like, yeah, cause, so the, the SeaWorld one, people were complaining about that prior to to this guy getting hurt and nobody did anything. So you wonder, it's like, who did they complain to? Did they just c- complain to the attendant that was right there? Who was just like, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to pay off my car insurance for the month. <laughs> he kind of sounds like Shaggy. Like, man, I'm just trying to get some Scooby snacks. Good one, Raggy. <laughs> That's what's happening. That's who's running. That's who's running the rides. I I just you you look especially when you look at the one from North Carolina, and it it's troubling because of where the crack is. It's not at a welding point. It is literally just near the top, and. It just it makes you wonder was it engineered properly? Because it shouldn't be breaking right there. That being said, I'm not an engineer, but I know some of you out there listening are, and I have two questions for you. One, why the fuck are you listening to this? And two, what happened? Why is this happening on this roller coaster? That's troubling. But again, I don't I don't know enough about that stuff, but I and I can sit there and kind of go and debate it like, you know, you got the pressure from when the coaster is is right there and you got a brace pushing off and that's probably what caused the the fracture and then ultimately just snapping it apart and and it it, it goes like maybe like 6 inches away from its its proper resting point when it moves that's scary so use some caution when you go to a theme park they're not all going to be like this obviously there's going to be other ones out there like elage gardens and, and whatever that are that they're perfectly fine and perfectly safe and they take the the proper precautions but sometimes this shit could just happen too i mean as far as the one in North Carolina with with the the whatever support pole being uh, severely damaged, we don't know how long it was doing that. But as soon as they saw that it was happening, they shut it down. So, I mean, maybe they did that because it was going viral, but I'm guessing they didn't know about it. I'm giving them the the park the benefit of the doubt on that one. They didn't know it was there. As soon as they saw it, they're like, shit, we got to shut down that ride. We don't want people to die. So it, it's scary. If you've ever seen anything like that, let me know. Podcast at gmail.com or at Podcast on social media. So, oh, God. 
you know what we need to do? Oh, that's so scary. You know what's not scary? Jumping into the mailbag. Mailbag. You've got mail. <laughs> I had the volume up way too loud in my ears. <laughs> that killed me. I'm going to be deaf after this. Holy shit. This comes in from Small Baller. Small Baller wrote on Twitter, which radio personality did you work with that was more successful than you thought that they would be? Yourself excluded. Thank you, Small Baller. (laughs) That's an interesting question. Uh, I'll, I'll give you two different names. One I've mentioned to you before, and that was Brandon Stokely, former wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, as well as the Baltimore Ravens and a few, I think a few other teams. A great football player. When he came in to work with Zach By on Denver Sports, whatever they're called, denversports.com, now formerly 1043thefan.com. What I don't know. It's confusing. I'm very confused on that. But anyway, when he first came on, I was like, he's not very good. He needs a lot of work. And part of that was, in a sense, because him and Zach had to figure each other out. And this was his Stokely's first official gig as a radio personality. And there's just a lot of stuff that you got to work through. you got to develop chemistry with your co-hosts. You got to figure out what's what works for you. What are the do's and don'ts of radio? And there's a lot. There's a lot more than people realize. And there's also a point where with athletes, they have to realize they're not a player anymore. And people are tuning in to get their their official opinion about what's going on on the field or the court or the ice type of thing. You're not a player anymore. Be fucking honest with me what's going on and don't worry about hurt and feelings. They need to respect the idea that you are now in the media and you're analyzing things. So once he got past that hurdle, which didn't take him very long, because I want to say within the first two weeks, I'm like, yeah, he's just not that good. He's just not that good. And then boom, next thing you know, he just catapulted. And he, I think he's, he's really fucking good now. So that was, that was somebody that I, I, and listen, I would say that to Stokely to his face. Maybe I'll see him at, I don't, I don't think it's necessary, but maybe I'll see him at uh, Broncos training camp this, this year, but that happens a lot and there's nothing wrong with that. I said that about Derek Wolf. I, last I heard Derek Wolf didn't sound very good. That doesn't mean his radio career is shit. Doesn't mean that. If I tune in today or whenever they're on again and I hear them that he that I'm going to be like, holy shit, this guy's really good now. There's no reason why that can't happen as long as he's putting in the work and he humbles himself and realizes, yeah, I'm not the best radio personality out there, but I want to be. That's the thing. Do you want to go out there and half ass and just think you're still a football player? Or do you want to be a radio personality? There's a big fucking difference of playing radio and being on the radio. So that's the thing. Whereas Stokely, I think, made the decision of, like, if I'm going to do this, 
I'm going to be a badass at it. And he is a badass at it. And he, and he, he always entertains me and he gave, gives great insight. So that's why I think he surprised me. I would like to be surprised by Derek Wolf. That being said, I haven't tuned in, in in a while. Okay, just based on my schedule, I just don't ever tune in. So that that's one. Uh, the other one was Ryan Edwards, who's on 850K away. When I when he got into radio, he worked with me at the fan, and he was a board operator, and he was kind of you know, we, we just worked a lot together. We would write bits together. He and I wrote Metrosexual The Huff, which is definitely not able to be aired nowadays. It's very offensive, but hilarious. Anyway, don't need to go into that, but he, he was a very creative person. I just didn't know he was ever going to be on air. And then he ended up leaving the fan for one reason or another, I don't know all the details. And there was a point in time where he thought he was going to have to go back into, I think he was in banking. And I and, and he really, with the support of his, his family, he pushed through. And now he's on air at 850K away on the drive time slot as a host. And I honestly didn't see that coming. Not in a bad way. It's a pleasant surprise. I just never really saw him as an on-air talent. But I guess in a sense, I wasn't ever looking to see that. So that's a great surprise for me. He's an amazing person. Somebody I'm glad to call my friend. And in fact, when I left the radio station, he he was the first one to call me. He didn't just send a text. He called me. He's just like, are you okay? What happened? Do you, do you, do you need to talk type of thing? And he was just there. And I'm like, that, that was cool. It was, it was a great time. Great example of being a good person. And, and he is doing a, a, a great job. Him and Alfred and Dave Logan, two iconic names that he's just merged together with. So that's pretty cool. So I hope that answers your question, small baller. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for those two individuals, uh, both Brandon Stokely and Ryan Edwards. And I honestly didn't see them being where they are at now. And that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to be terrible and then, you know, humble yourself and dig deep and then become better. Uh, J.R. Slick wrote in on Twitter, what do you think it's like for Joey Chestnut on July 5th? Joey Chestnut being that competitive eater always does those hot dogs, what Nathan's hot dogs eating contests on, on July 4th. And he always hammers like 80 hot dogs. It's so disgusting. So disgusting. I, I saw a good buddy of mine. He goes by the name Big Sexy, Brian. and he, I saw him compete once in downtown Denver in a food eating contest for Oktoberfest, I think it was. And it was so gross to watch everybody just hammering down these hot dogs. And, and at one time, one of the, I think it was like a little hot dog got stuck up in his sinus cavity. It was so gross. And like, he's still competing. He ended up winning still, but like, the whole time he's like trying to clear it out of his sinus cavity. It was so disgusting, so gross. 
So what is Joey Chestnut like the day after? He's probably like that Dumb and Dumber scene where Harry is on the toilet after Lloyd gave him all that uh, turbo lax. And he's like, ah, that's so awful. I c- it can't be good for your body, guys. As, as much as I, I would love to try and see how I did at a food eating contest, whether it was hot dogs or burritos or something like that, just to see how I do. I just don't want what comes with that. One, your stomach is going to be just a wreck. It Nobody's going to be a, want to be around you. And you're going to spend like at least a day just always looking out for where the bathroom is. And two, it's just, it's just, it can't be healthy for you to be shoving that many calories in you. It's, it's horrifying, <laughs> horrifying. Uh, let's see. 11 Charlie wrote in with all the UFO dis- disclosure stuff. I heard someone propose that there are dozens of alien races. I heard that too. I heard that too. What if all our, our urban legends like cryptids, werewolves, Bigfoot, Chupacabra, etc., are actually aliens. He said, just a fun idea. That's likely fantasy, but who knows? That is a great great thing to think about i agree with you that it's just a uh, it's it's a fun idea that's likely fantasy but with every good story there's a good story has a glimmer of truth in it right and that's what helps sell the story it's like okay well maybe so when you look at something like a cryptid like a werewolf there is a great story that I heard that the podcaster, Mr. Ballin, his name's John Ballin, former Navy Steel, SEAL, and he does dark, strange, and mysterious uh, stories. Although lately, they're mostly just murder stories, and I just, I don't, I don't need that in my life. I'd rather hear stories about like cryptids and stuff, weird shit like that, because it's just interesting, because you just don't know. But he had a story where there was this guy, I want to say his name was George and he just had these hypnotic glowing eyes. And he was an older guy that kept to himself and he had a, a cabin up in the woods and long and short of it, they end up going into the cabin and he, cause he died. He just up and died one day and he was like a huge motherfucker. Right. And he had weird looking eyes. This is all happening in the, early eighties and they go in there and the guy, one of the neighbors knew the police officer and he basically, basically said, Hey, can we go look in his house? Cause this guy was fucking weird. And he's like, yeah, but I'm, this is off the record. So he goes in, they go into the house and, and it, it smelled like a dog, just like it just smelled like a weird fucking dog. And then there was this room in the back and it was steel plated on the inside with a big old, uh, I think it was some sort of lock on there. So when you go in, it, it was hard to get out and there were scratch marks all over on the inside of it type of thing, allegedly. And, and it, it was just this bizarre thing. Now, when you throw in, there was also sightings of somebody 
lurking in the in the night with glowing eyes that were similar to his and all this shit. So it's like, is that true? Well, there's no actual evidence of it. And if there is actual evidence of it, we'll never see it like you and I, because that shit's going to be buried. Right. And like Bigfoot, I have a hard time with Bigfoot because how the fuck have we never actually found good evidence? And every time I've brought that up, I'll, I'll get like an email or a link on social media be like, you say there's no evidence, but here's this. And it's like a muddy footprint. I'm sorry. Anybody can fake those, especially now. You can fake those. And all the video evidence we have is blurry ass shit. And especially nowadays with high-end cameras everywhere, and it's very accessible and easy to buy because it's not that expensive. It's like, how do we not have good footage of that? And that bugs me. It really bugs me. And in the fact that they, they have TV shows dedicated to finding Bigfoot, and there's people that, you know, they get people to fund their research to finding Bigfoot. How the fuck have we never found it? But that being said, too, on the other hand, you could say, well, look how many creatures are out there that we have never officially discovered. Like the other day, there was something that they discovered some, I don't remember what the animal, what kind of animal it was, but they found a new one. And they do that a lot. But that being said, Bigfoot's supposed to be huge. How the fuck have we not seen those? And we allegedly have them here in Colorado, not as much so as in California, Oregon, and Washington State. That's just in the United States. So how have we not officially found one? If we have, would we ever? Would it ever get out to the mainstream? Uh, you know, just Joe Schmo. Would we ever officially know about it? No, because they're gonna fucking cover that shit up. Because there's gonna be a bunch of hillbillies. It'd be like, I'm going to get catch me a Bigfoot, and then we all kill it. And then there, it could be a small population that we fucking kill. So I get, I get where you're coming from, Eleven Charlie. It is interesting to sit there and think about those things, like Chupacabra. I could see, of any of those things, I could see a Chupacabra being more likely to exist. It's small, and it would be harder to find, especially find evidence of, if it's somewhere in Central America or South America, you know, it would be harder to find those type of things. Whereas a Bigfoot, uh, pun intended, has a bigger footprint. And it, it would be easier, you would think, to find. It is interesting to think about that stuff. Especially when you go back to what uh, Eleven Charlie said is like there's allegedly... Dozens of alien races out there. Well, yeah. And I guess, and we heard that guy from that used to work in the government talking about that, where he's all, you just don't know there. You've, you've probably seen them. You just don't realize what you're looking at. And that's an interesting thing to think about. Well, is that, you know, you, you could say, like I think I made it jokingly be like, is that like uh, octopus? Is that are they alien creatures? Blah blah blah, and all these other things. Maybe that's the case. As simple as that. But then we we would never know that, really, right? I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing to roll around your head, and as you're going about your day, 
you see something and be like, it'd be interesting. Be like, what could that species be part of an alien society? I don't know. It, it's it's interesting. Then there's a lot of people to see that that the human race took a giant leap. What like I don't know how many thousands of years ago, where all of a sudden, in, intellectually, it just catapulted, and and we completely changed our path. So is that something where an alien race influenced us? It's interesting to thought think about, but that being said, I'm not going to think too much about it. <laughs> I'm not. But there is always, when you think of these cryptid stories in alleged videos that you can find online, because, you know, if it's online, if it's on the internet, it must be true. But is there, is there some truth in those? And like werewolves, is there individuals that can actually transform, whether it's the influence of the moon or not? Is there individuals that are able to transform? And I don't see how that is scientifically possible. But hey, who knows? Who knows? It's a fun idea, just like Eleven Charlie said. But most likely it's fantasy. Until it's not. And then we're all going to be freaking out because there's eight foot, you know, aliens in my backyard. And then, you know, (laughs) all that shit happens. Nevada. Come on. I haven't seen an update yet. Want an update? Want an update from Nevada? That kid's probably, you know, don't you ever say a goddamn word about this again from the government. (laughs) Some shit like that. It's a conspiracy that I'm starting right now. The government's trying to hide something. Eight foot, maybe ten foot aliens. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. If you want to join the podcast like these individuals did, uh, please do so. Plenty of ways to reach out. You can hit me up on social media at DeHuff Podcast, or you can send me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Share it with your friends if you're able. Thank you so much to Superbook Sports Colorado. And guys, hopefully you laughed a little bit in this episode, right? Because that's what you want to do on a daily basis. Uh, I will say this real quick. Don't be a dick and start shooting off fireworks after 4th of July. Nobody likes you. Just saying that. Especially me, because I want to be sleeping, and I don't want to be, like, waking up, and it's like, hate that. hate that. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Have an amazing day. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.